Honest, real, raw, true conversation and prayer with God. Welcome to Church Experience. Thank you so much for spending part of your weekend with us. Now is a great time to grab your weeklies and head to your seats if you haven't already because the service starts in 90 seconds. I'm here to tell you today that God wants to set you free. Oh, yeah. He wants to set you free. with him. Grow in your walk with him. Get closer to him. Spend more time with him because he's better. If you want your life to get better, then get around the one who is better. Get around Jesus. Get around the one who has power to change and transform your life. Get around the one who has the perfect grace for you and the perfect love for you and the perfect joy for your soul. Listen, he is better. 
Thank you so much for spending time with us today. We're so excited about today's service. We believe this could be the best and most impacting hour of your week. Throughout the service, you may have some questions, comments, or prayer requests. If you do, go to churchexperience.tv connect or pull out your camera app and hit up our QR code to connect with us. If you always want to know what's going on here at CE, just hit that subscribe button right down here. We'd love to hear from you, get back to you, and be praying for you. We are so ready to dive in. Would you stand with me as we sing some songs of worship to Jesus?
children weep no more hope is on the horizon weary world behold your promised messiah angels let your song
Father, we are just so thankful. We are just so thankful that you came. You came and you rescued us. When we didn't deserve it, you still came. When there were unbelievers, you still came to fulfill your promise, Lord. And we are so grateful. We don't deserve your love, your true love. Several people in our communities and our church family have been able to receive life-changing counseling and coaching at Winning Home. Moms and dads, husbands and wives, sons and daughters, and singles and seniors have been given tools and they've been taught skills to build a better life, a, a God-pleasing life. And your generosity has provided the financial assistance needed to make this possible. So thank you. We love leading student experience. We've had so many students show up weekly to hang out with their friends, worship, hear an impactful message, and build and grow relationships with adult leaders. It's been amazing to see how God is working in and through student experience. It's my favorite part of the week. Each week, I get the privilege of spending time leading kid experience. I love seeing the kids sing songs to Jesus as they're dancing around. Or hearing them process what they've learned in small groups with a leader that cares about them. I'm sure that you've heard, Pastor John and Stephanie Hinton have been working hard to build a launch team and are now beginning to meet in a rented movie theatre. Yes, they recently had their first gathering in this theatre. And because of your generosity, people are being reached in the Cape Coral area. As we've watched John and Stephanie prepare for launch in Cape Coral, it gets us excited about launching in West Chase. Absolutely. We know that it is your heart to see more lives for Jesus, and your generosity has made this possible. The work is not over yet, and there are more people to reach. We are so grateful for your support and for helping us and get more people to experience a full life in Jesus Christ. The CE buildings that our church experience family have been blessed with hold constant gatherings, ministries, life groups, and events. Thank you. Thank you for how you have given generously to make these buildings a place of impact in our communities. Some of you have been given by using your time, talents to help renovate these buildings. Some of you have given of your resources to make these renovations or upgrades possible. We want to say thank you for making our campuses like our church experience Butler, Dunedin, and Central Campus places that are changing our communities. 
The best is yet to come. Well, over Thanksgiving, our family stumbled into an amazing adventure in northern Georgia. We were there with my wife's brother and his family, and we walked into this little mountainside town of Dahlonega. And we wanted to walk through some shops, experience some quality times together. And we've been to this town before, and it's usually very quiet, just a few people. But as we walked into this downtown square, we realized that this is going to be a totally different night than normal. On this night, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people had gathered together for a special Christmas event. We didn't know it when we showed up, but what we quickly realized was this was the night that they were going to light their downtown Christmas tree. This was the night with the lighting of the tree that they would begin officially their Christmas season. So everybody's excited. There's Christmas lights strewn through all the trees. There's Christmas music being played by a band on an upper deck next to the unlit tree. I mean, just to help you capture the vibe of this experience, I want to show you a brief little video that I shot on my phone that night. Check it out. Well, as you can tell, there's a ton of anticipation in this crowd. I mean, people are talking, they're excited, they're joyful. They want to see the lighting of this Christmas tree. That's why they travel to this little downtown square. Hundreds and hundreds of people ready to count down for the lighting of the tree. And with that, the announcer comes out on this upper deck stage, and she says, this year, before we light the tree, we're going to do something different. We're not going to count down from 10 like normal because we have a special little four-year-old guest with us. And this little girl every year has helped us decorate our Christmas tree. And so we're going to honor her by doing a special countdown. What number do you think we should count down from? And she asked this open-ended question to this massive crowd. Well, a couple people up front shouted out the obvious answer. Four. We should count down from four. right? Which is the obvious answer based on her story and what she said. But unfortunately, she said, no, 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 we're not going to count down from four. We can't do that. We're going to count down from 14. <laughs> so I look at the person next to me. We kind of laugh a little bit because that was not the obvious or expected answer. But hey, let's do it. Let's count down from the random number of 14. So we do. We start counting down 14, 13, 12. And, and I pull out my iPhone because I want to capture this special moment, the lighting of the tree on my phone. And so I start recording and we get to eight. And that's where we're going to pick up this video. But unfortunately, the countdown to the lighting of the tree did not go as expected. Check it out. Eight, seven, six, five. 
<laughs> I probably shouldn't be laughing about this, but the one thing that needed to go right, the lighting of the tree didn't happen. It's awesome that the star was lit. It's great that the bottom two rows of the tree were lit, but the middle of the Christmas tree was unlit. The very thing that needed to go right. You know, so many times how the special moments in life turn out is dependent on how the preparation went. And somebody had one job, right? Just, just plug in those lights and make sure the tree lights up, right? Before we get hundreds and hundreds of people packed into this little downtown square, just plug those lights in, baby, and make sure that this tree lights up. Well, apparently someone maybe didn't do their job and, and the tree didn't light up as it should. But preparation is so important, right? And, and it's, it's happening all the time here at Christmas. There's all sorts of preparation to the build-up to the big day, the special moment, Christmas Day or perhaps Christmas Eve, right? I mean, everybody's building up to these special moments, and, and so they're getting their Christmas cookies out, and they're, they're purchasing gifts and wrapping their gifts just right, and, and they're inviting family members over and planning parties and setting out lights and decorations and all of this stuff, all the special food, everything to build up to the special moment, the special day. You know, it's, it's all about preparation. And a lot of times how, how the preparation went determines how special that moment is. Some of us are overwhelmed at Christmas because we're underprepared. We're not prepared for it, maybe emotionally, maybe we're not prepared practically. We didn't do the work, we didn't plan ahead, it's just too much, and so we get overwhelmed. A lot of people get overwhelmed at Christmas, a lot of stress, a lot of pressure, right? But how well the special moments go, a lot of times it's dependent on how well the preparation went. And it's not just Christmas that's all about preparation, preparation, preparation to the build-up to the one big day. It's really like that in life too, isn't it? I mean, when we think back on our lives, it's so much about like the highlight moments. And we don't think too much about all the ordinary, normal preparation days, the build-up to the big moment, right? I mean, just think about school for a moment. Right? I mean, you remember the moment that you walked across that stage or you were handed that certificate, that diploma. It might have been after you finished college or after you finished high school, but, but it was preceded by all of these years in grade school and middle school and high school and perhaps some college or a master's program, but, but all of your schooling, all of those years, and what you remember is that moment, that moment. See, so much of life, the majority of life consists of preparation for the big moments, but the moments, just like Christmas Day, it comes and goes so fast. And the majority of the month of December is preparing for this day of celebration. But today I want you to realize that preparation is not just a buildup for a destination. It's something so much more than that. It encompasses our worship. It encompasses our relationship with God. And we're going to learn so much more about preparation today. And here's, here's the beginning lesson. My preparation is not only for a destination. Like I, I'm not preparing just to get somewhere. I'm not preparing just for a special moment or a series of special days. Like all of the preparation, all of the buildup, there's something more happening there under the surface than just preparing for a special day. So let's talk a little bit about worship. Let's talk a little bit about preparation. I believe God's gonna use this message to really impact our lives and how we see our normal, everyday, day-to-day -day preparation in our lives. And we're gonna do that today by, by looking at a special part of the Christmas story. We're gonna look at the story where, where the Magi, these magi travel to meet baby Jesus. And we're, we're gonna look at that story from Matthew chapter two. If you have a Bible and you wanna open up with me or you wanna power it on, we'll put the verses on the screen here for you today. But Matthew chapter two, beginning in verse one, take a look at this story. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, 
during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem, and they asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. We've come to, to worship him. These Magi, they traveled so far. You know, they put so much time into preparing for this journey, right? They, they got their education. They, they studied the stars. They were, they were waiting for this, this moment, this moment that was prophesied about, the coming of, of King Jesus. And, and, and they, they were waiting. They were ready. They were prepared. You're going to see later in the story as we read on in a, a few moments, that they brought gifts. They prepared special gifts to bring. And they would eventually meet Jesus, this young little Jesus. They would meet this, this king, and they would get to present their gifts to him. Right? But, but it took a lot of preparation. They had to plan this trip. They traveled internationally. They came to a different country. They were searching out Jesus. They, they had put a lot of effort into getting ready, not only with their education and, and their trip plans and all the things that they did to get ready, but they prepared well so that they could experience worship well. They prepared well so they could experience worship well. See, see, their intention was to worship. That's why they prepared. It wasn't just to get to a destination, to get to Jerusalem, to get to Bethlehem. That, that wasn't the reason why they prepared. The reason why they prepared is because they wanted to worship Jesus. Check this out. Worshiping Jesus is the purpose of my preparation. It's the purpose inside my preparation. It's the preparation for everything that I do. So if you're preparing for a sporting event, whether you're a player or a coach, you are preparing not just for a game, but you're preparing because you want to give God your best as you compete. And so you're preparing really to give this act of worship. The Bible says, whatever you do, do it for the glory of the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart is working for the Lord. So, so whatever you're building up to, maybe it's a promotion. You've been preparing year after year because you want to be promoted to a certain position within your company. Well, you're not building up just to the moment of being pro promoted. You're building up to this opportunity to worship God through this promotion. Because it may give you greater influence, it may give you greater affluence, but whatever it provides for you, it's for the purpose of worshiping God in a greater way. Right? See, see as we prepare for the moments in our life, as we pre prepare for the promotions in life, the, the special things that we look forward to and build up to, as we prepare, we are experiencing the worship of God in our preparation, which leads us to the worship of God when we arrive at the destination. But so many of us, we, we are overwhelmed in life and we're missing out on so much of life because we think it's about this, this destination that we're trying to get to. And, and, and many times when we get there, we're not prepared even when we arrive. It's because we're not viewing the process of preparation as a sacred process. And, and there's so much that goes into worship. And sometimes we think, well, I'm just going to show up. I'm just going to arrive. But I want to point out in this story what, what really interests me. And that's that the... The Magi didn't just show up to worship Jesus. For years they had waited. For years they had prepared and studied for the right time, the right star, the right place. And, and when it finally came and the, and the seasons were, were aligned, they, they decided to, to travel and, and bring gifts and get ready. See, they put so much into their preparation. And so when they experienced Jesus, it was an amazing moment. And I think a lot of us come unprepared into our times of worship with the Lord. I think we show up to church services. We show up to daily time alone with God. We, we, we show up to spiritual moments, perhaps a life group meeting, a Bible study. We show up to these worshipful moments distracted and exhausted. 
And we take away so much less from these moments than what God wants to give us because we're not prepared. And unlike the Magi who waited and built up and prepared and brought their gifts and were ready to go, like we just show up to worship and we're, we're not ready. We show up late and, and our mind's thinking about all these other things. We're not ready to go. And, and, and I just think, what would happen? What would happen if every time you showed up to meet with God in, in a special way? And I get it. I know God is with us all the time. He's with us everywhere we go. But, but you know, there's certain times where the gathering of believers comes together. There's certain times where you open up your Bible to meet with God and pray in a special way to him. Right? In those sacred moments of worship, what if we were more prepared? Because again, like we talked about when we began, so much of life and what you get in the moment is dependent on how you prepare. What if like the Magi, we were so much more prepared for our our, our gift of worship to the Lord. I, I just think we would get so much more out of it. Our hearts would be overflowing with so much more of the experience of God, the encounter with God. A lot of times we just stumble in, distracted, and we got all these other things happening in our life. But what would happen if, if you put more into it? What if you showed up, whether it's to prayer or to worship, what if you showed up rested? You didn't stay up binging the Netflix season the night before, but, but you got to bed early and you showed up rested. And you showed up, prayed up. You had been asking things of God. God, I'm coming to meet with you today, and here's, here's my ask. What if you showed up to worship, not only prayed up, but focus on what it is that you want to learn and how you want to give and how you want to serve? Because look, worship is not just about us. Ultimately, it's about God. It's about what God wants to do in us, but it's really about him. And it's also about the other people. You have a ministry of presence. This is why I think showing up to corporate worship is so important. The Bible literally says, do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. It says that in Hebrews, right? And some are in the habit of, of getting out of the habit of doing things that are good for them. And we very quickly get out of the habit of showing up to worship and think, I'll just catch it online. I'll just watch the, the YouTube. And, and all that's fine when we're sick or we're out of town traveling. I'm thankful for the technology. But you have a ministry of presence when you show up prepared, ready to go. And, and you show up thinking, not what am I going to get out of this, but what can I give? How can I uplift others? And it's that connection before and after a service or a group meeting or a gathering, right? And what if, what if you came ready and you're like, well, I'm, I'm always late and I just miss out on the worship and I get in there last minute. Well, what if you start thinking about the night before, you know, and putting on some worship music and praying and thinking and getting excited about, you know, in our family, we'll, we'll, we'll clean out the car on Saturday. It's just kind of something we do. I like to keep the car clean so we can get the kids out there. We'll clean up all the Cheerios from out between the seats. We'll just vacuum it out and get it all looking good. And, and I like to blow off all the, the mulch off the little sideway going up to our front door and getting things good. And I'll usually do that on the weekend. I'll usually do that before Sunday because I like to, to come out on Sunday morning. I want the family to be excited and ready to go to church and get into a nice clean car that's gassed up and we're ready to go. And we're not, we're not last minute coming out there and there's stuff going on and all distractions. Oh man, we got to stop for gas. We're going to be late. Like I, I want to be there ready to go, excited, motivated. Like, like what if you started taking a little bit more serious? You know, sometimes we think we are prepared and we're not prepared at all. It's like the little, little kid, his parents said, hey, you'll clean your room. Kid comes back just a few minutes later. Parents know that was not nearly enough time to clean the room, but they say, room's clean. Trust but verify, <laughs> right? You trust your children but verify. The, the parent goes and checks the child's room and says, well, hey, good job. You got your pillows thrown back on the bed. It looks like you kind of made the bed and a few of your toys are cleaned up. But, but what about all this over here in the corner? And what about all this stuff that got pushed under the bed? It's like the parent knew that they didn't have time to clean everything, but sure enough, they look at the corners and, and, the, and their definition of a clean room was different than the child's expectation of a clean room. And, and when the parent's expectation meets the child's expectation, there's a gap. And the parents say, well, when I said a clean room, I, I meant everything under the bed. I meant all the stuff over there in the corner too, not just straight in the room. I meant like cleaning the room. 
So we got a little bit more work to do. And some of us, you know, we think we're prepared for worship. We think we're ready. But what if there's another layer of depth of preparation for our worship that you and I are not experiencing? Right? Because our expectations are not matching what God's expectations are. I mean, you read some of the things that they did, especially in the Old Testament, to, to come before the Lord our God and worship. The way that they would get themselves ready and cleansed and prepared and ready to go because they wanted to come into the presence of God and sacrifice and worship him. Like, just to, to casually approach God, I mean, what a, what a blessing. The Bible says that we can come confidently, and, and I think we should, and we should be ourselves. And I don't think you necessarily have to put on your Sunday best and get all dressed up and everything. It's not, not about all that stuff. But, but I think we, we sometimes we come casually, and, and we come unprepared. We think, well, I'm just going to show up, and it's fine, and, you know, just as I am. <laughs> so I just rolled out of bed. I haven't even brushed my teeth. I haven't got my hair ready. We just got to show up. You know, and, and, and our, our, it's not just our bodies aren't ready. Sometimes our, our heart's not ready. You know, and, and just what would happen if, like, the Magi, we show up and we put some intentionality into it? Now, now I, I get it. There, there's some tension in this. There's some tension in this because the truth is that God doesn't expect for you to pull your life together to come worship him. If your life's a mess, he, that's the best time to come and worship God. God, I got nothing. You know, like, I, I've failed you over and over again, and my life's a mess, but God, I'm just coming to you. I need a message from you. I need, I need your word. I need your presence. God, I need you. So, so God absolutely wants us to come. I'm, I, what I'm not saying is that you need to pull your life together to come before God. But what I am saying is that when you prepare for worship, you will get so much more out of it. And, and the principle behind this is we want to give God our best because he's first. See, here's the lesson. It's, it's, it's in the form of a question. Am I bringing my best to God in worship? It's a simple question, but that's what I want to ask you. Are you bringing your very best to God in worship? You know, so many of us have a, a Christmas tree around our homes this time of year, and if you do or don't, no judgment, just everybody celebrates the stuff different. But, you know, our family will usually have a Christmas tree, and we like to go get a live Christmas tree now. There's a little bit of shocker when we move from up north down to Florida, we went to cut down our live Christmas tree. We realized they don't got live Christmas trees down here. Now, you can find an occasional live Christmas tree farm, but when we pulled up to that first one, my wife started crying the first year because they were really like big ferns, you know, that frumped over. It was not a Christmas tree, not like, not like what we remember, the beautiful northern Christmas trees. We got that little Christmas tree from Home Depot, and we got it, we got it to our house, right? We, we put it in there and get all decorated, but inevitably, right, a few days go by, and you forget to water the tree. Have you ever had that? You know, you're watering it several days in a row, and then you got something planned, a busy day, and you forget to water the tree. And you don't see the effects of it the next day. But a week later, that thing is a fire hazard. You touch it, it's crisp, right? It turns brown, right? If you don't keep it watered, it starts to, starts to die right there. You don't see the effects of it right away, but you see the effects of it later on. And I think so many of us are experiencing the effects of an unprepared heart, an unprepared gift of worship to God. We just show up and we sing our songs. It's become more of a ritual. It's just we going through the motions. We're just singing the songs. We're just doing the devotional. It's another day. And there's something to be said about the discipline of, of a regimen, a rhythm, a routine. I think that's so important. But what if God wanted to breathe more life into those rhythms in your life? What, what, what if he wanted to have you experience more of him and it came through preparation? See, the question, am I bringing my best to God, is an important question. Because it's all about the heart of our worship. And Jesus is first. And so he deserves our best. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Did you see that? Indescribable gift. What's God's indescribable gift? 
It's Jesus. That's the greatest gift at Christmas. God gave us his best, Jesus, his own son. For God so loved the world that he gave. God's a generous God. He gave his best. He gave his son. Why? Because we had a problem with sin. We had rebelled against God, and because of our sin, we were going to perish in hell for all of eternity. But God said, I'm not content just to let them spiral into eternity without my love in their life. So he sent his son, Jesus, to live a sinless life and die on that cross. A sinner's death. Our sinless Savior. He gave it all for us. He gave us his best. He gave us his life. He died on that cross, and he resurrected from the grave, showing that he has power even over death. And he says, whenever you look to me, you can be forgiven of your sins. Receive me into your life. This is, this is the good news. The greatest news of all time. The greatest gift ever given, given by God to you if you'll receive it. What an amazing message. This good news of Jesus. And because God gave us his best, the reason why we want to prepare more for our worship, the reason why we make a big deal about our own private and public worship is because we want to give God our best. That's the why. We want to give him our best because he gave us his best. You know, we're talking so much these last few weeks about our Christmas offering here at Church Experience. Throughout our church, across the campuses, we together are collecting a Christmas offering. We do it once a year. It's our annual Christmas offering, and it's a special gift to Jesus. You know, because we, we give a lot of gifts this time of year. There's a lot of exchange of gifts. But the most important and the best gift we should give is to the one whose birthday we're celebrating, Jesus. And so we want to give above and beyond whatever our normal giving patterns are. We're asking everybody to participate and give to God through our church so that we can accomplish these four things. Helping people in need around our communities and in our church. Financial assistance as needed. Christian counseling scholarships. Serve our cities events where we go out into the community and make a difference. Second thing we want to accomplish is invest more in the next generation. Kid experience, young children, right? student experience, and that very challenging time of life, young adults. We want to make a bigger investment throughout our church and the next generation. Third thing we want to do is invest in momentum building projects. Sometimes in our established campuses, that might look like a, a building project or renovation or expansion. In our new campuses, that might be purchasing equipment, helping get what's needed to, to get that thing off the ground and get going. And then the fourth thing we do is our collective mission strategy as a church. We together want to plant churches because we think that's the most sustainable way to spread the gospel. It's important to lead people to Christ in a city. But unless they have a local church to connect into and be discipled by and prayed for by and encouraged by, they're so often going to fade out from that commitment. So we want to establish for generations to come a light in that city for Christ, a church. And we're doing that through church experience by planting new church experience locations in cities around our country. And that's a big part of our missions endeavor. And so as we give together through our campuses to the Next Vision Initiative, this is our Christmas gift to God. We're giving him our best, our worship. And why? It's the same reason the Magi did, because they wanted to worship. It says they came there to worship. And so we're bringing our gifts to God in a very similar way because we want to worship him. And so we're asking everybody to participate today. This is the day, our annual Christmas offering, and you can do that in person. You can designate your gift to the next fund, or you can do it online through our website or through our, our newly updated church experience app. You can do it any way you want to, but the, the idea is to give to God through his church so that people can experience Jesus Christ. Right on? Right on. Well, hey, let's, let's look at the second part of this, this Christmas story. It's in Matthew chapter 2, verse 9. It says, after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. 
when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Do you see that? It says they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and they presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. What an amazing story. These magi travel so far, they had prepared so much, and they bring their gifts to Jesus. And what does it say? It says that they were overjoyed. Instead of being overwhelmed through lack of preparation, they had prepared well, they had traveled, they brought their gifts, and they gave, yet they received much more than they gave. You know, there's this mantra that, that we hear so often is, you know, those who give, they actually get more than those who receive. You know, and some version of that, we all, we all get it. What we're saying is it's more blessed to give than receive because when you give, you actually get more back. When you become a generous person, you, you experience not only the blessing of God, but there's this fulfillment that comes in, inside of your life. And these guys, they, they brought to Jesus their best worship. They brought their treasures, they brought their lives, they traveled to him, they bowed down before him and they worshiped him. And it says that they were overjoyed. You know what this tells me? This tells me that whatever we trade for worship of Jesus, right? Because it's always a trade-off. Sometimes it's, it's trading your time for other things. You could have been watching a sports game. You could have been out with a friend. You could have been doing other things. But no, I'm going to be in church. You know, there's a birthday party. There's grocery shopping. Okay, but I'm going I'm to be in church. I'm going to be in worship. You know, there, there's other priorities that you could chase, other goals that you could go after. But no, you mean, I want to be a man of God. I want to have a, a strong Christian family, whatever it is. And it's like you're prioritizing that. You're giving up other pursuits. And whatever it is that you trade in exchange for moving closer to Jesus is always a good trade. No matter what you give up for him, if you can even call it a sacrifice, whatever we give up for him, we get so much more back. And it says they were overjoyed. Now they had traveled. They must have been tired. They had waited. How patient would you have to be to wait for years? And they had gave these treasures, gold, literally. I mean, yeah, it says they were overjoyed. Perhaps the reason why you don't feel the tremendous and overwhelming joy of God is because maybe you're underprepared and you're under-worshiping. And it's, it's when we sacrifice that we really receive. And, and, and that's why, you know, part of this whole idea of stretching ourselves once a year and asking people to give an offering. You know, we, we teach all the time about tithing, giving God that first tenth. It's, it's his, giving him the first and the best. But when we give an offering to God, whether it's to someone in need or through something like this, our annual Christmas offering, we're saying, hey, we really want to move the vision forward. We want to make a difference. But it's not just about making a difference through our church and touching lives. All of that's important to God. But it's about us stretching ourselves and sacrificing because as we do that, there's something inside of us that generates this deeper level of worship as we sacrifice. And it might be your time as you serve. It might be your, your prayers and your efforts. It might be your financial generosity. But as we give, we experience this overwhelming joy of God. You know, I think sometimes we're surprised when these moments happen in our life. These moments could be moments of worship, moment, other moments of special experiences. And we, we're just, we're surprised by them and we're unprepared. And so it, it takes us by surprise, and we're kind of shocked by them. We're not ready. At other times, these moments surprise us, and we are prepared, and we step into the moment, and the moment happens, and it goes really well, because we've been preparing for it all along. And, and what happens in the moment, a lot of times, is determined by how prepared we were, even if we didn't know we were preparing for what happened. Because, see, a lot of things that happen in life, you know, we didn't know we were preparing for them. I mean, did you plan your whole life? I, I certainly did not plan how my life turned out. I'm so thankful how it turned out, but it didn't turn out how I thought it would. I mean, when I was a student pastor and first became a senior pastor, I'd, I'd started a lot of different services at the churches I led, the student ministries I led. I counted up one time, it was over like a dozen services, church services, that I had had a hand in starting. 
all along that way, God was preparing me to be a church planter. And not only that, a, a pastor that helps other people plant churches. That's what our church is engaged in, planting churches. I had no idea that God was preparing me for that. I, I thought about it when I was young, planting a church, but kind of wrote it off as I got involved in ministry. Never thought about it again that I would go back to church planting. But 10 years later, after I had kind of had this idea of church planting, God brought it back and sent me into church planting. And that whole time, he had been preparing me to plant churches by starting services. I had no idea. See, God might be preparing you for something in your future that you have no idea what it is. But if you will be diligent at what it is that you're engaged in now and give your all to it, serving the Lord, worshiping the Lord through whatever it is that you're doing now, this, this is part of his preparation process for you. So when the moment comes, you will see not only are you more prepared for it, but you'd experience God's presence all the way through this whole journey. See, God is always preparing us. But sometimes moments surprise us and we're underprepared. The other day we were hanging out at a friend's house, invited us over for a big get-together with a handful of people. And, and uh, some of my friends that were there were from Michigan. And so they started playing this card game called Euchre. It's really popular in Michigan. I remember playing it growing up and I know how to play the game well when I was younger, but it's been a while since I played. And they said, hey, Brandon, you want to come play with this year from Michigan? So I'm like, oh, absolutely. I totally remember this game. Let's play some Euchre. And there's five of us. You need four to play the game. So we're rotating and taking turns. And, and so I, they play a little bit of the first game and I get on the second one. And I, I jump in like, I'm just going to remember like just getting on the bike and just learning to ride again. Yeah? So I get into the game and all of a sudden I realize like, I kind of forget some of the rules. It's been a while. So I, I kind of asking questions as we're playing and I'm starting to figure it out and I, they, they draw a hand for me and I got my cards there and I realized that I have three of the top cards you can get in this game. And so this, this is my first hand and I say, guys, I guarantee that we're gonna win this game. <laughs> so I, I guarantee that me and my teammate are gonna win this game. And they're like, really? I mean, you just, you just jumped in, you haven't played a while. I'm like, no, no, I, I guarantee it. I'm not good. <laughs> I'm getting a little bit cocky and I, we start playing and, and you wanna guess what? Not only did I lose that round, I lost bad. Like, I lost real bad. I mean, it was laughter, embarrassment, all this kind of stuff. Like, I, I lost bad. I was overconfident, and I was underprepared. And so I got overwhelmed, and I got defeated. And sometimes in life, you know, we come in confident. I got this. It's no problem. I remember how to do this. I got this all day long. And then we realize that we're, we're underprepared. And we get to those special moments. And because we're underprepared, we experience this feeling of being overwhelmed. And when the moment comes, when God brings the moment into your life, if you have been diligent to prepare and honor God and worship him and grow closer to him and trust in him and build Christian alliances with other believers in your life, trust him through the small decisions, honor him through the little gifts he brings into your life. When you get to the moment of preparation, you will not be overwhelmed, but instead, like the Magi says, they were, they were overjoyed. And, and, and really, that's an important lesson. My preparation will either leave me overjoyed or it'll leave me overwhelmed. You get to pick. You get to pick. If your lack of preparation is there, when, when you get to the moment, you're gonna be overwhelmed. If you've been preparing diligently and you get to the moment, you're gonna experience being overjoyed. And that's what the Magi experienced. And I wanna look back at this verse again. Matthew chapter two, look with me at verse 11. It says, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down. Notice the different things they did. They bowed down and they worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and they presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, now some, some Bible scholars and Bible teachers, they believe that these, these gifts were symbolic. Right? The gold representing his kingship, this, this royalty of Jesus, he's, he's the coming king. The frankincense, this was burned in the temple, represents the divinity of Jesus. And the myrrh that was commonly used to embalm bodies represented his coming death, the, the child that was born to die, to give his life as a ransom for many. 
right? So we don't know for sure that that's what these gifts meant. They were common at that time and where these people were from, these magi were from, these wise men. And so we, we don't know for sure uh, what the symbolism meant here, but what we do know is that they were intentional about their gifts and they were extravagant with their gifts. And, and they brought these very purposeful gifts that they had prepared and they showed up ready to go and, and, and they experienced this amazing moment of worship before Jesus. And they were overwhelmed with joy. They were overjoyed. You know, it's much like a, a child, you know, that got school the next day and maybe the parents helping this young child get ready and they're packing the lunch and helping them finish their homework and getting their, their clothes laid out the day before and, and everything's ready to go. And so their experience as they head off to school and the, how their day starts is very different than the child and the parent that don't prepare, right? And the night before, everything's a mess and it's chaos in the morning and they're running out the door and they're late. Oh, I forgot the lunch. Got to go back and get it. Oh, I didn't get my homework done. And it's just stress and it's pressure they show up and things don't turn out so well. You know, there's, a, there's a massive difference between what you get in the experience if you have prepared or if you have been found unprepared. And the final lesson that I really want to communicate as we talk about worship and preparation is this very important point. that The length of my preparation often determines the depth of my experience. Let me say it again. The length of my preparation often determines the depth of my experience. So the longer I've prepared, the better I've prepared, the more intentional I've been in my preparation as I come into worship, as I step into the calling that God has for me, as, as I go about building a family or a career or whatever it is that God has, has set out for you to do, the, the more you have prepared, the richer that experience is going to be, the better that experience is going to be. So let me ask you, what are you preparing yourself for? Are you preparing yourself for disappointment and being overwhelmed? Or like the Magi, are, are you being intentional and looking forward into the future with expectation? and intentionality, bringing your best to God, not just your, your tangible gifts, but your life, your energy, your passion, giving him your first and your best, or is your best and your first going to other pursuits, other distractions? What has your heart, what has your passion? The Bible tells us to never lose our zeal for the Lord. Have you lost your zeal for the Lord? It's the greatest gift ever given, a relationship with Jesus. It's the greatest thing you can ever receive and experience. It's a personal relationship with him. And Jesus wants you to be prepared for that and do exactly what they did here in Matthew 2, 11. Look, look at this verse again. We'll put it here on the screen for you. Do you see what they did? There, there's these things, they, they, they humbled themselves. It, it says that they bowed down. Look at this, verse 11. As they, as they bring their gifts, it says they worshiped him. They opened their treasures. They presented him with these, these three gifts. They're doing several things here that are very important for our worship. They came to him. They showed up. Are you, are you showing up to worship daily, the Lord? Weekly, corporately, are, are you showing up to worship? It says that they, they brought their gifts. Are you bringing your best to the Lord, your best gifts to him, your treasures to him? Or are you setting your treasures aside and say, God, I'll give you everything except the things that really matter to me. They, they brought their best. It says they bowed down, they humbled themselves before him. Are you humbling yourself before God, lifting him up? He must become greater, I must become less. And they were actively worshiping Jesus. What is it that needs to change in your life so that you can experience more of God? What do you need to prepare for more? You know, on our way home from this Thanksgiving trip I told you about at the beginning of this message, you know, our family was driving down the highway and we saw this, this huge gas station. You know, it's called Bucky's. Maybe you've heard of it. They have a few of them here in this part of the country. And, and we'd seen some billboards for it. We piqued our curiosity. So we take the exit and we pull into this massive gas station. Dozens and dozens of gas station pumps at this gas station. And this is not what you picture a gas station. I mean, this is like Walmart 
meets the Shell Station, right? I mean, this is like, it's crazy. You walk in the door and there's, there's so much going on. I mean, there's, there's food ordering place. There's, there's, there's a place where you can shop and get Christmas presents. You can pick out clothes. This place is huge. We got a picture with Bucky. It was just, it was a crazy experience. I was blown away. But, but this particular Bucky, is, I noticed, is really in the middle of nowhere. I mean, literally, it's, it's off an exit in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by fields. But it was packed out. I mean, there was a traffic jam in the parking lot of this oversized gas station. But the people who had the vision to see this, all they, all they had to start with is an open field along a highway. They said, you know what, if we prepare, we, we have something that's really special here. If we prepare, we get the ground ready, and, and we, we prepare the building, and we get all of our products and all of our food ready, we believe that people will show up. If we get ready, we believe that something special is going to happen here. And, and, and here's what I'm telling you. If you'll have the faith to see that God's going to show up, if you'll just start preparing the ground, the soil of your life, it might be a barren field right now. There might be struggles, there might be doubts, but listen, if you'll start to, to till the ground up and, and dig up the soil and plant something good, you, you, you reap, you harvest what you sow. What you plant, you will harvest. And look, if you start depositing things like God's word into your mind, the renewal of your mind, if, if you start depositing into your schedule moments of, of worship throughout your day, if you start building around your life, constructing around your life, strong Christian friendships, if you are intentional to bring your best to God, you will see a response. You will see God break through. You will see God do amazing things in your life, but you have to be prepared for it. Much of our worship is preparation, but God is in the preparation. And what you get in the special moments of life is dependent on how you prepare. So what are you preparing for? Are you preparing for God's best in your future? Are you going to be overjoyed when you get to that moment? Or are you going to be overwhelmed because you didn't prepare? My hope, church, is that we will be prepared. And by the way, I want you to be prepared to join us on Christmas Eve this year. Our big Christmas services, our special Christmas services are on Christmas Eve, Saturday, December 24, at our normal worship times. We're not having services on Sunday, Christmas morning. Instead, we're doing it on Christmas Eve, and we're inviting you out. Bring your friends. It's going to be an incredible service. Be there and join us to see all that God does in our lives. Right on. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for this, this message about the Magi and, and, and all, that, all that they did to prepare for their worship for you. And God, I pray that we find ourselves more prepared, more ready to receive from you, God, in our daily times in the Word, in our times of collective worship. May we bring our best to you, God, because you're worthy of it. May we come prepared, come ready to go so that we can receive more from you. God, thank you for how you're such a generous God. You're always giving to us. And God, as we give back to you today through our special Christmas offering, some of us online, some of us in person, God, as we give to you, God, we give to you our best because you're worthy of it. And we want these initiatives to move forward. We want people to experience your life more and more, God. We want churches to be planted. We want the poor to be helped. But God, we know it comes through generosity from your people, sacrifice from your people. So God, much like the Magi, as we bring our gifts to you today, we pray you bless them. We pray you multiply it for your kingdom. We pray, God, you do far beyond what we ask or imagine in and through this church and through your churches throughout this world so that your kingdom can come and your will can be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it's in Jesus' powerful name we pray. Jesus, our risen Savior. It's in his name. Amen. Before our usher team comes forward to receive our tithes and offerings and response cards, here's a few important things happening with our CE family. Each week, our VIP greeting team creates a warm, welcoming environment so each person who comes to a CE campus can encounter the love of Jesus. 
If you have a heart for others to experience Christ's love, then the VIP greeting team may be for you. To let us know that you're interested in learning more about serving on the greeting team, write greeting on your response card. As our ushers come forward to collect our response cards and receive our tithes and offerings. Well, hey, Church Experience family. Thank you so much for being such an incredibly generous church. Today is our annual Christmas offering, and we just want to invite you into participation in this offering. We're giving a gift to Jesus. What does Jesus care about? He cares about his church. The Bible calls it his bride and his body. He gave his life for the church, for us, his people, his kingdom to come, his will to be done. And so we want to invest into his church through church experience in this year ahead. We have an ambitious goal of raising about $100,000 throughout our entire church family. And our hope is that God will use these investments, these gifts to God through our church family to make an incredible difference above and beyond our normal giving. And so we want to invite you to, to make a gift today. You can do that in person as the offering buckets come by your row. You can also do it online by going to churchexperience.tv backslash give or to go to our Church Experience app and click on give. And when you give your investment, as you click on next and select your campus, it's going to go to our four goals we have for 2023. One is to unleash compassion, helping people in need throughout our communities and throughout our church. Sometimes this takes the shape of financial assistance, sometimes paying for Christian counseling scholarships. Sometimes it's through our Serve Our Cities events where we go out and impact the city. The second thing it does is it allows us to invest in the next generation through making a bigger impact through kid experience, student experience, and young adults. We wanna pass on the faith and, and pass on that legacy to the next generation. The third thing it does is allows us to create momentum building projects throughout our church family. So in some cases that might be a building renovation or project. Some cases that might be starting a new campus and, and all the equipment that's required to go with that. All of the investment that we make at our local campuses allows us to build momentum to change our cities for Christ. And then the fourth objective we have is really our mission strategy as a church as a whole. And that's to plant new church experience locations, plant churches, life-giving communities that are focused on Jesus in cities that need to hear the gospel. And so we're inviting you to be a part of this. It will help people in need. It will plant churches. It will strengthen our church as a whole and invest in the next generation. Would you be willing to give an above and beyond gift today, somehow before you go to sleep tonight, and an investment in our next vision initiative that will move us forward in the year ahead? Please join us as we go after this ambitious goal and help us see more people experience a full life in Jesus Christ. Right on. Thank you for being on mission with us to help more people experience a full life in Jesus Christ.
I had the best time today worshiping and learning with you. You may have made a commitment during the service, and we would love to have you reach out to us. If you have any questions, comments, prayer requests, go to churchexperience.tv connect or scan the QR code on the screen. Want to get even more connected? Check out our CE social media, Instagram, Facebook, website, or app, or you can go ahead and hit that subscribe button right here. What a great day it's been. I can't wait to see you next week.